What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is the first time you're checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second, a bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and just awesome folks that are on our radar and discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to run their business, create content, and more importantly, be more productive. Now, when it comes to toys, we don't just talk action figures and things like that. Everyone's definition of toys is different, and we like to embrace toys here in a more general sense, meaning that for me considering my action figures toys, someone may consider their knife collection their toys, their jet skis their toys, um, their baseball or basketball cards are their toys. It's just things that we are passionate about that bring a smile to our face and we use toys in a more generalized sense. The best part about it is that it allows us to just connect with our guests on a more personal level, talk about their interests, their passions, things that put a smile on their face, you know, and sometimes toys are a great vehicle for that. And of course, it helps us break up a lot of the business and entrepreneurship talk that is a big part of this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's get into some housekeeping and discuss this week's episode. So. I'm happy to say that this week's episode is our 2021 Toys and Tech of the Trade gift guide. Now, we are still releasing an additional podcast episode with our guests for this week, and I'm sure many of you are probably wondering if we're going to be releasing stuff for the holidays. We are. Um, whether it's going to be a guest or not remains to be seen, but we definitely are going to continue doing shows until the end of the year. Now, a lot of our other podcasts are doing their best ofs and putting a lot of their stuff together to close out the year. So if you are someone who enjoys some of the other shows on the network, that's just a heads up. You're going to be seeing uh, some of your regular weekly content, but you're also going to get a couple of best ofs as well. I know that our friends over at the Eat for Life podcast just wrapped their last episode of the year. Make sure to go check that out if you haven't already uh, with a great guest and just some really good gems to close out. 2021 from the talented folks at the eat for life podcast so with that housekeeping out of the way this year's gift guide is going to be a little different it's going to be broken up into a couple of different categories you're going to have general and then we're going to do podcast and content creation so general is going to be just a bunch of different things which could be gifts or items that you can use in your home office etc uh podcast and content creation i was originally going to separate it but podcast is content and um you know podcast and content creation uh go hand in hand a lot of that stuff is interchangeable for a variety of different reasons obviously you can use a microphone to record a podcast but you can also use it to record a youtube video etc so we're going to split it into those two categories but it's going to be nice and easy and the best part of it all is that this isn't just gift ideas for those entrepreneurs and content creators in your life they can also be gifts for yourself. You can treat yourself too because the holidays are all about feeling good. And sometimes treating yourself and buying yourself something uh, makes the holidays just a smidge better for some of us. So by all means, feel free to use this gift guide to find ideas for your loved ones as well as for yourselves. And the thing about it is it's not all going to be hardware. We are going to recommend some software things and some services, etc. that we think would be great additions to any person's toolkit, whether for their own services, whether it's content or otherwise, or 
as a gift. So with that said, let's get the ball rolling and jump into the first part of our gift guide, which is our general category. Again, an assortment of different gifts that can be used in a variety of different ways, whether it's for entertainment purposes, decorative purposes, home office purposes, use them as you wish. So let's get into our general category for our toys and tech of the trade 2021 gift guide. So I want to get the ball rolling with our general category with something that I felt should have been out recently and should have been better quality than the product I'm about to discuss. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Ember mug. Now, if you go on Amazon or any outlet, you'll see that sometimes there are these mugs that you can plug in via USB, etc. But the Ember mug is a completely different animal. And the reason is because the Ember mug not only keeps your coffee or whatever beverage you have in the mug hot, but the best part is that it is app controlled and it allows you to maintain your coffee at the perfect temperature. So if you brew your coffee and you like it hot, it'll keep your coffee hot for up to 80 minutes with the charging coaster. And the best part is it has a little indicator light, lets you know when it's ready. The cup is a nice quality cup with not any, it's, it doesn't have any crazy branding on it, just ember in the corner. And the best part is that you can use it without connecting it to the app. It'll just remember the last used temperature, which out of the box is 135 degrees. And the other thing is it intelligently senses when to turn on and off. So if you leave your mug empty or after two hours of inactivity, the mug goes to sleep. So you can leave it comfortably on your desk, at work, at your workstation, at home, wherever you consume your warm beverages, whether it's coffee, tea, in my case, uh, bone broth is what I did for a while with the uh, keto diet because I'm one of those weirdos that doesn't like hot coffee. But man, the Ember mug is a quality, quality product. I was really, really impressed by how good it is. You can pick it up not only via the links that we'll include in the show notes, but there's actually a really good promotion in Costco. If you have a Costco in your area, you can pick up the Ember mug for a little little less than a hundred dollars. Uh Amazon's gonna have between a hundred and one thirty, but man, the Ember mug is awesome. Not only that, but Ember also does a very, very cool travel mug if you want to take your mug of coffee, tea, or other beverage on the go. The mug is twelve ounces and it has a battery life of three hours. Same things adjusting the temperature on the iOS or Android app. But with the travel mug, you can also adjust the temperature on the mug itself. It even come, you can even purchase the Ember car charger to charge your mug or keep your mug warm in your vehicle. But man, Ember mug, awesome, comes in 10 ounce, 14 ounce, and the travel mug, which is also 10 ounces. The um, 10 ounce regular mugs, um, excuse me, the travel mug is 12 ounces. The 10-ounce mugs have a battery life about an hour and a half. Uh, the 14-ounce mug is about 80 minutes, and the travel mug is three hours. So definitely props for the Ember mug. Uh, highly recommend it 
um, actually giving a few of them out for the holidays because I think that they are just a spectacular, spectacular piece of tech that I feel should have been out a lot earlier. But man, they've they've definitely knocked it out of the park. So definitely a big cosign for the Ember mug. Now, the next thing I wanted to mention here was something that a lot of people really, um, especially when you're home during the pandemic, we watched a lot of TV, watched a lot of movies. Uh, some of us improved our home theaters, did a bunch of uh, tweaks around the house. But one thing that really stepped up the game for me, especially because I love watching movies, anime, playing video games, etc., were some TV backlights. Now, there's a lot of players in the space. You can buy a light strip at your local Five Below or your local discount store, plug it into your TV. It might be controlled with an app, and it's it's not bad. But there's a lot of companies that are trying to use the lighting within the lighting strips and allow it to change based on the content that you're watching. So let's say you're watching Star Wars and there's a lightsaber that lights up and it's, you know, a Sith lightsaber and it's red. You know, the lights around your television will turn red and obviously a Jedi lightsaber, it'll mimic the colors of the Jedi lightsaber. It's it's a very, very cool immersive experience while uh, explaining it doesn't do it justice there's a lot of great players in the space one player is phillips phillips of course does the hue lights and in phillips case they do um light bars and a light strip and you can obviously pair it with the with, pair it with the app connect it to your tv and do some beautiful ambient lighting but the problem is, in addition to spending about $150 on the light bars, you also have to pick up a switch, which basically is an HDMI switch that you pair with the app, and it essentially controls and takes the data that's coming into the HDMI switch and matches the colors based on what you're watching. Only problem is that it's a very, very expensive piece of equipment. And before you know it, between the $149 light box and everything else, you're spending uh, three, $400 to get this beautiful setup. That's not to say that it's not great. At Philips, again, does excellent stuff. But some people may not feel comfortable just plugging all their devices in there. Maybe you don't have, uh, you have more devices than the four that can be plugged in. I believe there's also an issue with the resolution, especially because of 4K uh, systems and content from xbox and playstation so another another player in the space has definitely stepped up in the last year and that is the company govee g-o-v-e-e govee does lamps light strips the works all the usual stuff but the beauty of it is that they have a very very attractive price point they recently came out with their immersion light light strip and the, the difference between their light strip and say a company like Philips is that you either place on the bottom or the top of your TV a camera that essentially captures the information of the image on screen and then the lights will react and the colors will change based on the on the content that's on your television. The camera, it's not very big. It's not very obtrusive. You can place it either on the top of your TV or the bottom of your TV. But the thing about it is this works with everything, whether you're watching broadcast television, cable, fire TV, Roku, video games, 
the works. It works perfectly. It's app controlled. It can work with what's on TV. It can work with music. You can change it to whatever colors you want yourself. And best of all, it does not break the bank. You can purchase the Govi Immersion TV backlights for as little as $75. I know for Black Friday, I believe they did a special that it was $50. Amazing, amazing, amazing piece of equipment that is going to up the ante for your viewing, whether you're viewing on a TV, whether it's your PC monitor, because you can use it there too. It really just adds a different, a different dynamic to the content that you're watching. Um, when I placed the light strip in my living room and we dimmed the lights and we were watching Star Wars, as a matter of fact, just watching the colors change with the lightsabers on screen and the, and the ships and the laser fire. It's, it's a cool experience. It just adds a little extra to your home theater, whether it's in your bedroom or in your living room. It's an awesome, awesome piece of equipment. And best of all, does not break the bank. Next thing I wanted to post in the general side of things that I wanted to discuss is something that a lot of people don't give a lot of credit to, and that is the company Wise. Obviously, there's a lot of players in the space, Ring, um, Nest, of course, but Wise has continuously knocked it out of the park with lower lower price point um, home technology, whether it's indoor cameras, outdoor cameras, doorbells, um, power outlets, you name it. And the best part of it is that Wise, the, the stuff they put out is not expensive. I'll, I'll give you an example. We picked up the Wise Outdoor Plugs, and we have them outside controlling our holiday lights and our decorations. And we picked up these plugs for less than $20. It's basically a, a jack that gets plugged into an outdoor outlet and more the best part of it is that that out that little jack has two plugs so you can plug two devices in there and you can control each plug individually so the less than 20 bucks and i'm able to control my christmas lights i can use whatever voice assistant we have in the house and pretty much say turn on my outdoor lights or turn off my outdoor lights or um when we finish decorating my house we'll say something like activate christmas mode and That'll light up the lights outside, the smart plug that we have inside for the Christmas tree, etc. Wise has definitely delivered above and beyond in the last year, so much so that a lot of their stuff is more prevalent in my home than Nest, which I was a big, uh, big supporter of. Uh, Google's Nest stuff is is great, but it's just super, super expensive, especially if you want to kit out your house accordingly. With Wise, their outdoor cameras, you can buy the base station and the outdoor and the first outdoor camera for about 60 to 70 bucks. And then you can expand that up to four additional cameras, which will run you about $50 a camera, depending on how many cameras you want to have, of course. And the thing about it is that that outdoor setup, you plug in your base station, you have your initial camera. And as you add the cameras, the setup is good. Video quality is solid. You can save video to the base station with a micro SD card. And the other thing that I like is that all the cameras totally wireless. The battery life is about, about three to four months in my, in my case, uh, just because I only have it capture people 
more than anything else. But I also pay for the subscription so I can watch live streaming video if necessary. The subscription is, I believe, 2 to $3 per camera. But again, doesn't break the bank. Super valuable and a great way to just add a little layer of security in your home. We have, like I said, a handful of outdoor cameras. We have a wise indoor camera, which you can pick up for 20 bucks, sometimes even less, depending on where you go. I think in Micro Center, I picked it up for like $15. And we have that as a secondary baby monitor uh, in my in the nursery. And the thing is, it can, while the, the baby monitor we have in there, my daughter, we hear her and everything else. But if she's in the room playing, we can, you know, leave her in there with confidence and just th- throw the uh, image on our televisions or our smart displays and just be able to keep an eye on the nursery while she's in there. And it's just, again, an added layer of security. So obviously, I mentioned a bunch of Wise products. Um, I just want to recommend in general, just Wise the brand. Like I said, all their stuff is solid. They do smart watches, doorbells, smart plugs, light bulbs, which are which are probably going to be the next additions in my house. Because while I do have the Philips Hue light bulbs in my house, they are incredibly temperamental. And sometimes it's just more trouble than it's worth to have to deal with. But that's a separate conversation for another day. But definitely uh, Wise is getting a, a big cosign here. So sometimes we tinker, we do stuff in the house. And more importantly, for the holiday season, we have to open up battery covers on small toys. And the thing about it is, if you're a parent, you know exactly the struggles that we have to deal with finding a perfect screwdriver and not, you know, sticking a knife or some other item in there. But if you're a person that tinkers, not just a parent, I got to recommend the wow stick. Now, the wow stick sounds like a like a like a like a cruel joke. But the funny thing is that the wow stick is a small rechargeable screwdriver that comes with a with loads of attachments that will allow you to more importantly be able to work on all the stuff in your house, whether you're opening up, you know, battery covers or you're opening up mobile devices or working on phones, etc. The wow stick has um it's I believe 64 attachments total. Um I have one of the older versions that only has a few of them. But this electric screwdriver, especially the newer ones, 56 piece, uh, 56 screw bits. It's, um, aluminum. It's about the thickness of a, of a pen. And you can get eight hours of use continuously. And then it can last for about 180 days. And the best part, it actually has a little LED light attached. So you can keep an eye on the screws as if you're in a place with poor lighting. And on top of the the LED strips, you also get, and this is the part I love the most, you get a little magnetic board. So as you remove the screws, you can put them right on the magnetic board. Don't even have to worry about losing them. It is outstanding. You can use it both manually or automatic. And it's just, it's just an amazing, amazing little piece of technology. And the best part is, I believe over the last week or so, it's been on sale for, for about 50 bucks. And it's just, it's just outstanding. If you're working on uh, PC building, motherboards, it's great for that. It really has um, some decent torque as well. Uh, we actually used it here for some of the smaller um, Paw Patrol playset things that my daughter has received for her birthday. And those screws are 
abysmal. They are the tiniest of screws. And the thing about it is that, you know, I have a bunch of different screwdrivers in my, in my drawer in my office and it just, I couldn't find the right size. And then, um, you know, with the wow stick, there's a couple of different bits that work and it's just great. It, it really is great. And the best part is it's small. It doesn't take up a lot of space and you can even throw it in your go bag if you're going someplace, especially for the holidays. Cause you know, a lot of us are tech support for some of our, our family members, older relatives, parents. So definitely a great addition to any toolkit. So definitely a big cosign for the wow stick. Next, I want to go a little bit more, a little bit more big. And the funny thing is that a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, like, uh, like TVs. And the thing about TVs is that, sure, you could recommend thousands of TVs, but one TV that really blew my mind this year was the Frame TV by Samsung. And the reason is not because it's a Samsung TV, which has amazing image quality, but just because of the look. The look of this television looks like a legitimate picture frame. And the best part of it is, that the TV includes um, a, a, an interface within there that will allow you to actually put nice pictures of art on the frame itself. So you can you can showcase pictures of your kids. You can download some of your favorite art pieces. You want the Mona Lisa on your wall? It's a nice talking point. It um and the best part is that you can get them fairly cheap. The thirty two inch uh, frame TV can be picked up, I believe, refurbished. You can pick it up for about 400 bucks, and it's uh, 1080p. And again, you can just add a bunch of beautiful things to make your TV more than just a media consumption device, but a true centerpiece in your living room. Um, I haven't picked up the frame TV, but actually a very close friend of mine picked one up for Black Friday. And when I helped him install it. I was like, wow, this is a, this is a cool little concept. He ended up picking up the, uh, the 55 inch and that one is 4k has Alexa built in. It has 120 Hertz refresh rate. And again, just a beautiful picture. I was just blown away by how awesome it is. And the best part aside from obviously being able to display it as a picture frame, it actually came with a bundle with some different bezels. So you can actually change the color of the frame itself. I was, I was really impressed. Not because of, like I said, the picture quality, but just because you're taking something like as simple as a TV that's a centerpiece in any living room and you're adding an extra feature to it. I mean, in my house, one of the things we like to do, especially Christmas Eve, which is, which is big in Hispanic households, we, we cook Christmas Eve. We light the Christmas lights. And usually I'll go on Amazon. I mean, not on Amazon, on Netflix. Um, or, and Prime too. Prime ha- might have it this year as well and pull up like a Yule log or a fireplace and just have it looping in the background. Just nice adding a little bit of, of extra, you know, holiday cheer to, to my living room. And again, um, the Samsung frame, you can pick up different sizes. 55 was what my friend got. Uh, 32 is 1080p, but just a beautiful TV is not going to break the bank, has 4K upscaling, which is nice. And, um, it uses the smart TV's, uh, Tizen interface, which is the Samsung, 
uh, proprietary OS. But again, just really nice. Everything runs smoothly, has a bunch of smart apps in there, you know, Netflix, all the all the bells and whistles and impeccable image quality. But the art mode, the art mode is what got my attention. You can pick from over 1400 new and classic works of art from world-class museums and galleries that's in there. And of course, you can probably plug in a USB drive and put whatever other images or pictures you want. I mean, I've seen some people do that with their regular TVs. I'm sure you could do it with your uh, Samsung frame television as well. All right. So I think those are a couple of nice general gifts you can get for yourself or for a loved one. Uh, like I said, that Samsung frame TV is, is, is insane. Beautiful, beautiful concept. Uh, we're going to switch gears and we are going to get into podcasting and content creation right after this. All right. We're going to kick things off with our content creation and podcasting portion of the gift guide. Now, the thing about it is that there are so many different things that are on there that can be used in more than just the content creation space. For instance, the first recommendation is something that I've seen rise to almost a necessity over the last year and a half, and that is uh, calendar apps. Now, obviously, we all have Google Calendar, Apple Calendar, etc., and we can make adjustments as needed with that. But One of the things I've noticed, especially when you're a content creator or a podcaster, is people want to meet with you. People want to talk to you. And it's always tough to to give your calendar and have it at a glance. So I started using Calendly first. And Calendly is awesome. It's been around for a long time. And basically, it'll create a link that you can provide to your to potential people that you want to meet with, whether it's guests, etc., and you can create separate links for different tasks. So for me, I have a 30-minute meeting, a 60-minute meeting, and then I have a link for people that are going to be a guest on Toys and Tech of the Trade. I give that link. It has a breakdown of my next 60 days, and it has all my availability, the times, etc., for people to reach out and schedule meetings. It is a great service. You can integrate it with Zoom, all of the usual services, and it just works. Now, the thing about it is that it's, again, not something you're going to say to yourself, oh, this is a a must-have for my business, etc. But in all honesty, it is. Because at the end of the day, what you're going to have is people reaching out to you, people wanting to uh, set up appointments, meetings, etc., and having to scramble for your phone or look at your calendar on your desktop. It just eliminates that guesswork. Uh, I set up... For instance, for 30-minute meetings, I'll do, let's say, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. till 1 p.m. before my daughter gets out of school. So if anybody wants to meet with me those days and they want a 30-minute meeting to discuss uh, opportunities, whatever it is, there's the window for that. And it just it just eliminates a lot of the guesswork, a lot of the email back and forth. Calendly is definitely top-notch. Now, If you don't want to go with Calendly because of the subscription model, you can reach out to the folks at AppSumo. They have their own in-house app called TidyCal, T-I-D-Y-C-A-L. Same, similar service to Calendly, except it's a one-time purchase. And while it doesn't have every aspect 
that Calendly has. Tidy Cal is continuously getting improved, and it's just going to keep getting better. And the cost to get in, I believe it might be $49.99. It might be a little less. But I got to tell you, if you're working from home, if you're a content creator, and if you're a podcaster, you definitely need some sort of a calendar app that can can help you um, just navigate a lot of the waters and a lot of the virtual meetings that you have. Hell, I mean, you could even use it for physical meetings, too, if if you're able to do that. But it has definitely been a godsend for the last year and a half for me and just helped me be more productive in allowing my my schedule to be able to be accessible for potential guests and other opportunities. Uh, both services have been great. That's for sure. Now, obviously, Zoom meetings are a thing. Webcams were super scarce last year. And obviously, because of that, people had to rely on a bunch of different things to get uh, their faces on camera. Now, a lot of camera manufacturers ended up offering um, software updates to their cameras, which allowed you to use them as webcams. Canon did it with their line. Sony did it with theirs as well. But some people just don't want to use their good camera for that, and they'd rather use uh, a webcam. And obviously, Logitech is a leader in the space. Love Logitech. Still got a C920. Uh, It's really great. But Razer has been gradually stepping up and really impressing. Uh, The Razer Keo line of cameras I really like because it includes a built-in ring light. And that's that's the difference between a decent video and good video. Lighting is incredibly crucial. As I've been doing more video stuff, whether it's for the YouTube channel or just being on Zoom, lighting is, is super important. Especially if you're doing any sort of green screen or things like that, lighting is clutch. And Razer's Keo line of, of webcams have built-in ring lights. The ring lights are solid. The image quality is good. And the pricing is comparable to most of the premium offerings from companies like uh, Logitech, for, for instance. So they recently came out with a Keo Pro, which is obviously a, a, an improved version of their Keo camera. And I got to tell you, once again, just Razer stepping in, making quality stuff, and it just works. The other company that came into the space this year was Elgato with their face cam. Both companies have, like I said, tremendous upsides. It's just a matter of personal preference. But if your lighting isn't that great and you want something that's just an all-in-one solution, the Razer Keo is definitely the move. I have the original Keo now, and I use it for some of the quicker calls I have to do, but for everything else, I use a cam link 4k from Elgato. It's essentially a USB uh, stick that you plug in has an HDMI in. And what you would do is you would plug an HDMI into your DSLR and run that into the cam link. And you can use your DSLR and all your awesome lenses to have the crispiest and most beautiful video possible. It's it's really, really good. Um, the only thing is, obviously, the cam link is, is, is expensive. But obviously, if you go on Amazon, you can find plenty of HDMI cards that you can use that won't break the bank. But I like the reliability of Elgato. Elgato is pretty good with their products. I've had instances where stuff hasn't worked and their support is good and they're willing to replace a product if there's a problem. 
So I use the Cam Link 4K currently with the um, Sony A6400, and I'm using the uh, 16 millimeter Sigma lens. And I got to tell you, as soon as I log into a Zoom or I log into uh, Google Meet or um, Discord or whatever, people are like, holy cow, like your your video is tremendous. And I'm like, eh, it's all right. You know, I don't make a big deal out of it. But I got to tell you, if you're if you're looking to up the ante for either a face cam or just a, a camera in general, uh, Razer Keo Pro and, you know, the the Elgato face cam are solid. And lastly, if you have a DSLR or a mirrorless and you want to use that just to really punch it up, then the CamLink 4K is one I definitely recommend. Now, on the subject of cameras, obviously, you know, there's there's many options out there in terms of content creation. But I got to tell you, Sony has been really impressing me, giving you incredible value and just more bang for your buck. And they recently came out with a new mirrorless, which is the Sony ZV-E10. It's um, the the second in their ZV line, but it has interchangeable lenses, so you can use any of your existing glass. And it's it's an easy barrier of entry if you're looking to to pick up a mirrorless camera. I believe it's six ninety eight for the body, um, and I believe it's a hundred dollars more if you want a lens. But I got to tell you. As someone who currently uses an A6400, I was really impressed with the ZV-E10, and I probably would have bought it if I didn't own a 6400, although I am considering picking one up to use as a B camera or an overhead camera for some of our YouTube stuff, etc. But man, lenses, just a lot of, especially if you use like prime lenses, the Sigma glass is, is amazing on these cameras, and the articulating screens are tremendous. While the 6400 has a flip-up screen, the ZV-E10, the screen folds out, so you're able to vlog with it. Obviously, it's being pushed as a vlogging camera, uh, first and foremost, but it has a lot of great features. I like the focus mode where, let's say you want to show off something on camera, it'll actually put you in defocus when you put your your product, whatever it is, in front of the lens. And while most cameras with autofocus can do that, uh, the E10 has a dedicated mode that allows you to do that, which is really, really nice. The other alternative, if you don't want to deal with interchangeable lenses, is the Sony ZV-1. Uh, it came out, I want to say now, it's been out two years, and I actually saw it in a video, I believe it was iJustine that mentioned it first, and then I believe Anthony Lapani may have done a, a video for it also on YouTube, shout out to him. And the thing about it is, a small pocket camera, 4K, tremendous, tremendous power in this camera. Has external mic jack, all of the bells and whistles, and it's no bigger than your cell phone. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, Rich, why not just use your phone? Well, if you're trying to have um, just photography, not trying to kill your battery life, uh, the ZV-1 camera is a great camera to have with you in your pocket at all times. You can get some really amazing and beautiful images. Plus, if you want to do video work, it is totally competent for that. And last but not least, if you want something small that you can use to augment your, you know, your video for meetings, etc., and you don't want to go the webcam route, the Sony ZV-1 is a solid alternative. You pick up a dummy battery, you plug it in, and you're off to the races. And then, obviously, you use whatever microphone you want, and you can get 
some really, really good video quality from that camera as well. Now, obviously, for, for, every, for every piece of video, we got to talk about audio. Um, and again, there, I'm going to have separate stuff for, for my podcasting friends. But if you're a content creator, I cannot recommend enough the Rode Wireless Go. I had bought the first generation of the Rode Wireless Go. It's a small, compact, portable uh, microphone that you can use wirelessly. And it's, you could use it with a lavalier if you choose. But you can also just clip it to your shirt, and it is great, great audio quality. If you do a lot of talking head videos, if you do, um, you know, a lot of Instagram live, etc., you can actually connect your Rode Wireless to your your mobile device and use that as a microphone for Instagram live to really bring up the audio. I got to tell you, when I thought the Wireless Go was ahead of the game and it was great quality from Rode. Uh, Deity came out with their version of a, of a wireless microphone system that's equally as good. But the thing that got me, the new Rode Wireless Go 2, um, just a little bit more money, but you get two mics and one receiver, which is something that you originally had to do with hacks and workarounds. And, and basically what that allows you to do is you and a guest can both be on camera with your wireless Go uh, microphones and they will send audio to the one receiver and it just it just works it works and it and and the beauty of it is going back to what i was saying before if you do talking head videos if you have uh interviews things like that the wireless go works tremendously and it is a competent piece of audio equipment that you should have in your toolkit especially if you're recording youtube videos talking head videos uh classes etc you can, uh, like I said, connect it to your mobile device. There's ways to work around and connect it to mixers, and it just works. I love my Rode Wireless Go 2. I've used it in many of the videos I've done alongside Matt from Nerd News Today, and I'm glad I decided to upgrade my Wireless Go to the Wireless Go 2 just to have that second microphone if I need to uh, record or have any guests. And, you know, with hopefully the world getting back to doing conventions and things like that, especially in the quote unquote COVID climate, you know, a lot of people aren't going to want you aren't going to want to be talking face to face. So if you hand them a wireless go, they pin it to their shirt, even with them wearing a mask, their audio quality is going to be solid because the microphone is going to be close to them. Now, the next recommendation is something that not everybody is going to think they need. But I I was blown away by how much and how many of these I ended up purchasing. So Elgato, and this isn't even an Elgato plug. You know, they made a lot of great stuff. I like their stuff, but in no shape, way, or form is Elgato compensating um, toys and tech of the trade for this. But they do a series of arms called the Master Mount. And at first glance, you're like, what the hell do I need an arm for? So the Master Mount, you... uh attach it to your desk and what you can do is you can attach webcams ring lights microphones etc and i'm actually using a master mount to attach my dslr to um to have it right between my two monitors but the other thing i've been using the master mount for is you can buy the master mount and buy extension pieces and it is to create an overhead rig for my desk and the reason is because a lot of times we do top-down videos 
uh, things like that. And one of the toughest things is getting a good overhead setup. Now you can do it with a uh, tripod and try and get the tripod behind behind your desk or in front of your desk, but then you got to try and get your hands around the tripod. It is a massive, massive pain. Meanwhile, Elgato with the master mount, you can attach the arm and then attach these extension poles and you can have an overhead rig that when you're done, you could just turn to the side and get it out of frame, continue using your desk normally, and it just works. It, it, it really does. Again, the master mount comes in two sizes, small and large. It's going to run you about 40 to 50 bucks. And obviously there's plenty of companies. Newer is an example on Amazon and others that do similar uh, arms that you can mount to your desk, but they're usually there for you to put a webcam or a ring light. But in this case, the, the master mount can be configured any way you want. You can have it, like I said, with an overhead camera and then you can attach a secondary a straight arm to a to have a face cam so you can have overhead and face at the same time there's so many different applications you can do for me it's been the overhead rig but for anybody else that's looking to do let's say drawing drawing is a great usage case for this let's say you want to overhead shot and you want to stream on facebook or Instagram or Twitch, you drawing. So what you do is you get a master mount arm, you attach it to the desk, you get the extension poles to form an L, you attach a phone bracket, put your phone right overhead, and boom, you're set up. There's no, it's unobtrusive. It's not in the way. And when you're done, you can just, like I said, unscrew the the master mount and put it away. But it's a great usage case um, for unboxing products. You can adjust the master mount, make it higher or lower. And same thing, you can have that beautiful top-down shot to show um, unboxings, details on whatever you're reviewing, etc. It is truly a great piece, really is. I, I thought, man, who's going to buy this crap? It's 50 bucks. And then I saw comparable arms that were priced between 25 and 40 bucks. So again, the Elgato ones are a little, a little more sturdy. Um, obviously you can't put super heavy cameras on there, but if you got something small or even your phone, you're able to use it to do some great top down stuff. I think in the next couple of weeks, maybe I'll do a studio tour and you folks can see it in practice. So you guys can get an idea of how that works. All right. So we're going to switch gears and move away from just our content creators and talk to our podcasters, of which there are quite a few. Um, podcasting blew up in 2020. Many people were home. Many people wanted to create, make awesome stuff. And again, one of the things that happened was gear acquisition syndrome. You get the gas, you buy a bunch of stuff, you don't need it. And the thing about it is sometimes... It's it's a thing that you have to go through in order to just limit how much stuff you really need to create a podcast. And I hate to tell folks, but you don't need much. You can use your phone. You can use free services like Anchor. All of that stuff is secondary. Now, obviously, as you improve or if you're taking it seriously, you're going to want good equipment. Now, I've talked before about the Rode Pod mic and, um, you know, the, the, the Procaster. But we're going to scale it back a little bit this year for people that are looking to start out. 
and I want to talk about the Samson Q2U. I'm currently teaching a podcasting class at Hook Arts Media in, in Red Hook in Brooklyn, and the students, we got them the Samson Q2Us, and they just they just work. Listen, you plug in via USB, you got a microphone, you can connect your headphones right to it so you can monitor uh, your recordings. And you can even go the XLR route if you decide to get an audio interface or a mixer down the road. They don't break the bank. I think B&H is even running a promotion as of the recording of this gift guide where they're giving, they're selling it for 50 bucks. Um, I know Amazon is doing a bundle where you get the headphones, the microphone and microphone sanitizer. If you have guests in, in your studio and it's going to be less than less than a hundred bucks. And I got to tell you the Samsung Q2U is similar to the ATR 2100 from Audio Technica. I feel they're practically the same, and they just work. It, it, they don't break the bank. The sound quality is good. And again, if you decide, oh, I don't want to podcast with it, you can still use it as a competent microphone for your Zoom calls, your Skype calls, uh, whatever the case may be. Samsung Q2U is solid. Now, obviously, you can place that microphone on your desk, and you run the risk of getting, if you tap your desk or if you're one of those people that tap your fingers or you're writing, a lot of that sound may pick be picked up by the microphone. And that's where mic arms come into play. So a couple of options. You can get a newer mic arm that's probably less than 20 bucks. Quality's pretty good. It might be all right. The springs are noisy at best. Or if you want to spend just a smidge more, you can pick up the brand new Rode mic arm they they just came out with their second version and it it's just it's a quality piece of equipment it's quiet you can adjust it a, a variety of different ways to get the best microphone placement in the game now there is i believe Elgato did it they do a low profile mic arm so if you don't want something that's super high and and in your face you can get a low-profile mic arm. Elgato recently came out with theirs as they continue to try and just plant their flag in the uh, podcasting and, and, and streaming space. But either one, high-profile or low-profile, Rhodes mic arm is solid. I have two in studio with the, uh, the Procasters, and they just, they're just great. They're quiet. I can move them around. You don't hear any of the springs, like I said, from the newer arms. They are just quiet. Now... Obviously, there's companies that have been knocking those off and doing their own versions, and you can do that too and pick up one of those, but Rode never disappoints. And going back to what we were talking about before with the master mount, here's a little hack. You can use the Rode arm as your overhead arm for, like I said, you know, unboxings and things like that. All you have to do is get an adapter for the microphone thread, and you can connect a camera or ring light, or whatever the case is, and use that arm for a separate purpose besides just the microphone. And I got to tell you, if you already have an arm like that, and you feel comfortable disconnecting and reconnecting your microphone, and you want to use that for some overhead top-down shots, it's an easy workaround that will not break the bank. If you don't want to invest in another arm, that's a good way to get maximum usage out of something that is usually geared towards one purpose. So, talked about microphones. Got to talk about mixers. I have been using the Rodecaster Pro 
since its inception, since it was released. And it really just improved the audio of our podcast. And more importantly, it eliminated the necessity for a lot of equipment, uh, noise gate, all that stuff. My desk used to be cluttered with so many things. And once we switched to the Roadcaster Pro, we had a, a built-in soundboard. It recorded. Uh, you could plug in four XLR microphones. It just worked. You can connect your phone via Bluetooth so you can take uh, listener calls if you wanted to. Uh, it just, just a great, great piece of equipment. That $600 price tag, though, not so great. Some people just are not into that. But if you're looking to take your podcasting or audio seriously, um, definitely Roadcaster Pro gets a ringing endorsement. So as I talk about it, I got I to gotta share a story about why I don't use the Roadcaster, for, uh, Roadcaster Pro any longer. And I put this on uh travis from Poddex, which we're going to talk about his product as well as a recommendation um travis picked up the Tascam mixcast 4 which is essentially Tascam's answer to the roadcaster pro now Tascam did a lot of things right they added a lot of the same features but they also uh, included a few things which i liked that definitely spoke out especially when travis presented it in his video um number one you have the bigger screen, the sound pad buttons are a little smaller. The XLR jacks can also uh, take uh, line inputs as well. So you don't have to use XLR only, which is nice. But Tascam also gives you uh, uh, their own software for you to record your podcast. You don't have to use Audacity or any of these other services. Tascam actually provides software you can use to create a podcast. It's an all-in-one solution. You can also record to an SD card, which on the Roadcaster Pro, you can record to a micro SD card, but I like SD cards and they're just easier to get out of the Mixcast 4 versus the micro SD card. That's just a pain to get out of the Roadcaster Pro. Um, in addition to that, more importantly, which I liked was the fact that it includes what's called a talkback button. So if you're recording and let's say you have a guest in studio and you want them to to turn up to speak a little louder, etc., and you don't want to say it while they're recording, you can use the talkback function, tell them to, to punch up the volume, and that little piece of dialogue will not come out in your podcast, which I thought was just a, a nice little feature. Now, obviously, with the Mixcast 4, there's still some functionality improvements that are in progress because it's brand new. but I, I feel that it is a welcome alternative to the Roadcaster Pro, and I really, really like it. So the, my Roadcaster Pro has uh, essentially been retired, and um, now we have uh, the, the Mixcast 4 as our main mixer in the studio. And I blame, I blame you, Travis. Uh, I blame you for, for putting this on my radar and just giving it such a, a ringing endorsement that I had to go and pick one up myself. To show Travis a little love, I want to talk to you guys about Poddex. So if you're a podcaster, there's three things that hurt podcasters sometimes. Lack of content, lack of guests, or just lack of a direction for their podcast. What Poddex does is that they have different decks um, dedicated to different things, and you can use that to 
help create questions for your podcast. Maybe you need a uh, subject matter for your podcast, whatever the case is. So you, you, you open up your pod deck. It looks just like a deck of cards. You go through it and it has a bunch of questions for potential guests. And there's different decks for different things. There's icebreaker decks. There's decks for entrepreneurship. There's just a, a variety of different ways that you can create content. And more importantly, it's just something that gives you a little nudge. And the best part is that if you don't want to go and buy a deck of cards, Poddex actually has an app available for iOS and Android, and you can essentially get all the same decks on the app. And more importantly, you can even create your own deck. So you can go through all the different decks that Poddex currently has, and you can pluck cards out of those decks and create your very own deck that's unique for your podcast. I love it. I think it's great. And I've run into instances sometimes where, hey, I've I've been doing podcast interviews for years and I and even I run out of questions or or topics for a podcast. It happens to all of us. I mean, we can we can create, but sometimes a little nudge, a little help goes along a long way. And especially with uh, something like Poddex, you can get a lot of inspiration from some of the stuff that's there. Maybe you want to ask a podcaster what they had for breakfast this morning. Like, even though that's not a, a, a question that's relevant to the conversation, it's a good icebreaker and it helps just disarm your guest and helps them feel more comfortable because it's just a casual conversation and it's not an interrogation. Poddex definitely is a big, a big thing with myself and many other creators because you say to yourself, eh, I don't need that. Why do I need a deck of cards or the service to tell me what questions I need to ask? And you know what the thing is? The, the, the questions that are included, the subjects that are tackled, there's always different layers and different approaches. And again, you don't have to ask the question verbatim, but it gives you a framework to help you on your podcasting journey. So props to Travis and, and pod decks. Travis runs an amazing community, uh, which is very, very welcoming to new podcasters. And he is one of the hardest working guys on Instagram when it comes to podcast content creation. He's out there generating stories and videos. I feel I see a post from Travis at least three times a day, and he's just helping more people make the space better and more welcoming. So if you're curious about pod decks, we'll make sure to include a link in the show notes for this episode, and you can check it out. More importantly. I'm endorsing Poddex because I use it and I'm not an affiliate of any sort. I'm not receiving any kind of commission for it. I just, I just love the product. And I think that if you're a podcaster, it's a great addition to your toolkit. All right, folks. So there you have it. I think that that is a great way to close things out. We gave you some generalized gifts, some content creation and work from home gifts. And of course, uh, some stuff for the podcasters in your life, whether it's yourself or a loved one. So I hope that this gift guide helps helps you out and helps you find gifts for your loved ones for this holiday season. Or if you want to treat yourself, uh, by all means, feel free to do so. We will include links in the show notes for this episode. Uh, some of those links, as always, full disclosure, may be affiliate links, which if you use them, will receive a small commission, which, of course, goes towards helping uh, the Rageworks brand and just give you guys a better experience, whether it's consuming our podcasts, watching our videos or checking out 
our written content. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this gift guide. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out rich at rageworks.net. And if you enjoyed this episode and enjoy what we do on toys and tech of the trade, please take a moment and give us a rating on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it. And hell, I may just start reading them on air when we get them just because it's pretty cool to do. And uh, social proof never hurts. If you're a content creator, you know that if people like your stuff, talk about it, say it's awesome. It just makes opening other doors a lot easier. All right, folks. Thank you guys for checking out this year's 2021 holiday gift guide. Happy holidays to you and your families and tune in in two weeks. We got another great episode on deck to close out this year. And we look forward to having an amazing 2022 with loads of great guests and much, much more from my family to yours. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Peace. Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the Rageworks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageworksNetwork.com.